I'm Amanda Allen. Welcome to the Whispers with Women podcast. Uncut, uncensored, unapologetic conversations with the wise women of the world. Brought to you by Seven Unicorns Nutrition. Alkalize, detox, nourish and fast your way to extraordinary health by the power of food as medicine. My mission and the mission of the Seven Unicorns to help heal the heart and health of humanity by the power of food as medicine, by loving thy temple, by embodying thy spirit, by honouring thy truth and reclaiming thy health. Welcome. I hope you enjoy this incredible conversation. Sunday, Sunday morning. What a beautiful opportunity to connect. I know. It's been a long time coming, hey? Oh, it has, it has, it has. Sarah, how long we've waited for this? I think it's been, um, it's just been bubbling away, waiting for our opportunity. It's never been a matter of if, it's always been a matter of when. And I know that I have no idea where our conversation is going to lead us and what you are going to feel inspired to share. But I just feel so honoured to have um, the opportunity to, to, to share that journey with you on the podcast. So, oh my gosh, welcome. Whispers with Women, Uncut, Uncensored, Unapologetic, Conversations with the Wise Women of the World. And oh, haven't we got a special angel? Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much. That's an incredible introduction. And yes, I just am really grateful for this opportunity to be here with you. And I don't really have any idea where our conversation is going to go either. So I just am open to whatever's meant to come will come. I mean, I think I've I've followed you for a couple of years, maybe a little bit over a couple of years now. And Although we've never met in the flesh, I feel like you truly are my sister. Do you know you're mm-hmm. you're you're that that's kind of same soul family. Um, and when we do get to give uh, one another that proper physical realm hug, oh my gosh, what a beautiful joy that will be! And I mean, your journey just in the time I've known you, and you know, there's been a huge journey with your own health, with breast cancer. You've got the most extraordinary disciplines that have held you with your plunging and your breathing. You've done so much of your breast cancer journey alone during COVID. I mean, the, the, you're an extraordinary woman before you went and did your last life coaching course with Jay Shetty. So you're the most extraordinary woman. I couldn't imagine being held in a space of healing and love and honor um by another life coach than i i I would by you i just um where shall we start my beautiful friend tell me would would you be happy to have a little um well actually would you like to give me a little background because we also have we have crossfit in common um (laughs) I mean, this yeah, passion sure. for health, passion for helping people. Where are you at now? What do you feel inspired to share? Sure. Um, yeah, well, we, we can start wherever. I mean, I could start where 
I am now and work back or I can start back and move forward, <laughs> whatever, whatever you feel comfortable with, I'm, well, I'm fine with. Tell me after my, my for my, are you, are you in, are you in Victoria now? Yes. yes. So you've got so yourself living, settled. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So living in Victoria, um, moved here at, in February of 2021, um, and just have, have moved into a new house a few weeks ago, uh, on the surf coast so just I'm not as close to the beach as what I was but just still about a 10 minute drive from the beach so that's pretty that's pretty lovely I do like to spend a lot of time excuse me the surf coast surf coast yeah surf coast great ocean road yeah great ocean road I used to live there (laughs) yeah so just down the road from Torquay we're living in Armstrong Creek now which is oh yeah I lived in Janjuk Oh, okay. Yeah. How <laughs> much would have yeah. been up the road from you? Well, yeah. can I then let let me um, let my inquisitive mind and my curiosity and and my heart lead, because I want to know how you are first and foremost. Like, how how has your journey with breast cancer and all the follow ups that you've had, like? Where are you at on that journey? And, and, and also, I guess, like, this is just going to be one of those crazy winding conversations because there is so much to you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, where are you at with your – at what stage are you now on your breast cancer journey? Yeah, so, well, I'm cancer-free first and foremost. So that is um, – yeah, so it's two years ago in October I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I've had multiple surgeries, um, you know, mastectomies uh, and chemo and all of that. And now I have got one surgery to go and I will be completely finished my reconstruction surgery. That's obviously been put back a lot with uh, covid Mm. Uh, so I've had it rescheduled like three times and I've had to change surgeons but that's okay that's all just you know kind of minor stuff but the probably the biggest thing is is that I'm cancer free and uh, I I feel that I'm really coming out the other side too of the effects of chemo like it, mm. it took me a long time to get through that and I know there is still still some residual fatigue but all in all I'm I'm doing really well and I attribute that a lot to what I pack into a day to connect me (laughs) to that part of myself that despite everything I have been through um, has remained untouched and perfect and yeah so that's I'm I'm pretty good and I chose not to uh, do hormone treatment um, and that's very that was a that was a big decision for me, but also not a big decision in the sense that I just didn't want to put it into my body. And I tried it. I said I'd try it, and I'm just not interested in, you know, the a, a lot of people in the medical field feel that it's a success when you preserve life, but there's a difference between existing and living. Mm. And I chose to. However long I'm here for, and God willing, it'll be a long time. I want to really, truly live. I don't just want to exist. And so, yeah, I just, that was a decision I made. And 
you know, I get a lot of ruling about it when I go to my appointments and follow-ups and everything, but, but I'm fine. I'm, I'm just, I, I, that's my truth. And, you know, I had nothing, if there's someone has a different experience and, and has a different decision around that, you know, that's totally fine too. But for me, that's what felt like the right thing to do. Oh, look, every single one of us is so unique at, at, and so many layers of that. You, you're here to share your experience, strength and hope. You're certainly not here to tell somebody what they should or should not do. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But you're, the beauty of your journey and, I mean, I know what you've been through. Well, I, have a, I, I have probably know more than most people what you've been through over the last few years and, and what always completely takes my breath away is the light that you still shine for others no matter how far down into that pit of despair you have fallen and I I just I'm hoping with this podcast we can really convey that immense strength that you have even while you feel you have none whatsoever and you know I I'm just reflecting particularly on the post um, from only this last few days where you described how utterly my words empty gutted like depressed broken you know in that almost that emotional pit of despair and yet you got up I think you were sitting on a on the stair or something and you got up and you went out into the world and for a little while you got relief and then when you came back it was upon you again but you went and you 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 retrieved a part of yourself that you could for the part of the time that you could and you you keep turning the fuck up you know, and it's, yeah. you keep turning up, but you don't just turn up. You turn up and you want to give back. You turn up and you share. You turn up and you shine. You turn up and you, and you report back, you know, that hero's mm. journey. You are constantly on it. Like, where does all of that come from in you, Sarah, honestly? Yeah, well, I mean, I've had, I, I guess I've had a massive, massive journey with mental health. And, you know, as a child, I was, I was wild and, you know, and as I got older, you know, it became clear that, you know, I had, you know, I did get diagnosed with significant, you know, um, like depression and personality disorders. But as a result of that, you know, when I I always felt that there was something wrong with me, Mm. you know, that, that I was not good enough and, you know, I needed to be fixed. But I came from a family that really loved me unconditionally. And so I have this value of one of my core values is unconditional love. Mm. And Mm. I wasn't always able for a long time to give that to myself. But there were always people within my community, my close family community, that were able to give that to me and hold that light for me when I wasn't able to hold it for myself. And I I will forever be grateful for having that experience as a child because, you know, although, you know, I had I have had a very, very difficult life and I have faced many, many challenges and adverse circumstances. And you know what? I continue to do it. I continue to mm. face but 
what I have now is an ability to be able to see that what I go through is not the sum total of who I am. And it is an aspect of my experience here on this earth. And the learning and growth comes when I am able to feel in the, sit in that place of just utter despair, not wanting to, wondering what the point of everything is and be able and to think, you know, all those, I think in that post I mentioned, you know, I had all that almost like imposter syndrome, like how am I supposed, how am I possibly supposed to help others and, and, and all of this when I can't even sort my, when I can't even, I, like there's a wall here, but yet there is, I, I have the ability now to be able to see that those are just thoughts and that's just my lower kind of ego or lower consciousness giving me feedback and my body responds to that feedback in either a negative or a positive way and I've experienced enough joy, love and hope to know that it is always possible to find it and it is within us always. But we have these experiences that almost put us in this place where we get to choose. You know, we get to choose if we want to suffer or if we want to surrender. And when we surrender and on the other side of that fear and that pain and that trauma and, and whatever it is, there is an opportunity to let go and to grow and to heal and to become who we always were underneath everything. And that is a magnificent being here on earth, you know. Do you, do you believe, because I, I think I do, that especially when we have this big energy and these big kind of sufferings, we've also got an equivalent big light to share but our job is in, I think it's almost like the yin and the yang, right? The dark and the light and that line, that's that S bend that separates the darkness and the light. That's the tension that we have to learn to harmonize and to live with, to bring our, our greatest gifts. Does that Absolutely. make sense to you? Totally. And I, I totally believe that, you know, we cannot have one without the other. Mm. You know, it is not with, without all the, the suffering and the trials, you know, and, and feeling that there is no hope, we wouldn't so desperately seek hope and seek that light. Mm. And when we experience that light, have such utter gratitude for it because we have experienced the other. So, you know, I'm learning more and more to not fear that shadow part of me, you know, to accept that it is absolutely intrinsically the other half of my whole and all of it is necessary so true isn't it it's like there's no hope and yet something in us rallies for that that the spark you know that spark of infinity and in our darkest hour we reach for the spark like you i see you do it i feel you do it over and over and over every day like you you do i honor you oh my gosh i just um and I think I, I recognize a, a kindred spirit, one that knows deep, deep suffering, but one that brings bright, bright light, irrespective. And, and this is a light. It's not just a, oh, um, you know, joyous, gay, joyous and free, flippant. 
Like this is a light that shines so bright from such a dark place. It's it's born of something deep, really deep. Do you? It's it's mm. um. How how do you keep finding it? Like what is it in you that constantly retrieves yourself? Because I know, fuck, you must have been in a position to to just not be here so many times you know and I do I do believe so many times it is literally on a wing and a prayer and it's the prayer that holds us it's our it's our commitment to just that shimmering light a sliver of it but what keeps what keeps doing that to you what what keeps bringing you out honestly it is it's love it's Mm -hmm. love it's it's my belief that I know on the deepest level of my being that we are love and that our journey here, we either are moving towards love or away from it. Mm. And we tell ourselves stories, but ultimately we always have an opportunity to choose love. And I now understand that when I don't choose love, I don't feel good. And so I fiercely, I guess, and courageously do whatever it is I need to do to connect back to that knowing. But that knowing is always there, but I just move away from it. And I acknowledge that that is my, that is my being human. That is what I do. And sometimes I judge myself more harshly on that than others. But ultimately, I don't feel good when I don't honour myself and honour my truth. And when I, and that's not to say that, you know, there aren't, you know, chemical things that happen in my brain. And, you know, despite doing everything that I I can, sometimes I still feel get to that low place. But I also know now that I absolutely can get myself out of it really quite easily now. Mm. And that's been a journey. And I think when I'm able to do that, like, Another one of my, you know, absolute just core values is service. Mm. You know, it's service to, it's really service to humanity. And and, and I, I believe that my role as a coach is to empower people, women particularly, to connect with that love within them and fiercely and courageously live from that place and fiercely and courageously let go of everything that is preventing them from being in that place and that loving being to themselves and then to their life and then to the world. And I am, I'm so honest in that, in knowing that in order for me to do that, I have to keep bringing myself back to that place. And it's what drives me, and it's what drives me, you know, I mean, I have, and I have permission from my daughter to speak about um, mm. her journey. Oh, uh, really? my, my Yeah, yeah. I, my youngest, my youngest daughter, she's had the, the most challenging time, and particularly in the last uh, couple of years, and this last year. Uh, How old is she know, now? She's, she's 14. And you, sorry, just before you go on about her, um, how many children do you have? So 
My husband and I, we have a blended family. So we have, I have three children and he has three children. Um, and we have, living with us now, we have um, the two girls and we have one one of the boys, is it still in Alice Springs where we were living and the other one, all other three children are in New Zealand at the moment. But oh, yeah, really? so at the moment, yeah. But the, Wade's two um, oldest daughters, they live in New Zealand and... Um, Jack, my stepson, he uh, is in New Zealand at the moment uh, visiting his uh, his mum and family there, but he's going to come back, uh, I think, in a couple of months. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I just wanted to share that. So tell me about your daughter because I know yeah, it's I... been um, – I don't know how you've – I don't know how you've managed each day. <laughs> well I... – yeah, I, I think, uh, well, for one, I understand not all of what she's gone through because our experiences, you know, as, as human beings, where they can be similar, they're, they're not the same. They're very, you know, individual and to the person that's going through them. But I understand, you know, so um, I when I got sick, um, I had So you were diagnosed her. with breast cancer October 19? Uh, sorry. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. October nineteen. Um, and I had to. I hadn't planned to go away uh, for treatment, but uh, long story short, I ended up being in a different state, having treatment, and then COVID shut all the borders. So I think it was nearly five months before I could see, could see her. Um, and in and, the meantime, and, you'd be um, down your own journey with your breast cancer treatment yeah. yeah so I was going through yes yeah, so I'd had surgery and all that but I my actual treatment uh was was done in a different state because yep so yeah, she was in was... Northern Territory you were in South Australia correct and correct. Yeah. COVID was upon us yeah. yes yeah. the old Rona yeah Rona and yeah but and as a result you know um it kind of just triggered a lot of things that I think had happened to her too earlier on in her life. What, 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 age, what age is she now? She's 14. Yeah, so she's a baby. She's a grown-up baby. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, as a result, she she um, had, has had some extreme struggles with um, mental health and trauma and PTSD and... It's been, you know, it, it's been an incredibly challenging time for her and for our family. And she very nearly, you know, didn't make it. She, she over and over and over, right? Over and over and over, didn't didn't want to be here anymore, and just it was too hard. And, um, you know, and it's it, to me, sorry. And from the outside looking in, what I've seen is almost as if you're, you've literally gone. It's like you've been in a, a war um, fighting mm. for your the life of your daughter. And, you know, I have learned so much about the true power of unconditional love mm. and that when it all boils down, you know, when you are able to meet someone where they are at and just hold them, you know, just be there and let go of all expectations, 
let go of everything you think is right and wrong and just be loving and be forgiving. Forgive yourself for not knowing what to do like so many times. You know, and 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 just the the journey that she has been on is 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 incredible. And it you know, it's not over yet. It's ongoing, but you know, as a result, you know, she is still here with us and she has her challenges every day, but every day, you know, she tries to the best of her ability to be able to meet life and do the best that she can. And we had we have had some incredible we've had some uh, amazing support with the cab. She's got an incredible psychologist who probably out of everyone has been the only person I can honestly say that's made a difference in the medical in the medical kind of community. Um, you know, she has just been consistent. She's she rings when she doesn't need to. She she's just been there, you know, and I think for my daughter that's allowed her to, you know, start to do some of the work required in healing, but also, you know, there's been we you know, the mental health system has really failed us mm. in a lot of ways. And, you know, she was hospitalised um, and her experience was absolutely horrendous. You know, they didn't, she went in there because she want, needed to feel safe, like as in she wasn't feeling that she didn't feel she wanted to be here anymore. Yeah. And she voluntarily went in, in there and, you know, she was ended up, medicated, strapped to a bed, um, just the most horrific, unnecessary, traumatic on top of trauma, on top of trauma experience. And I mean, there's so many details that I'm, I'm oh. not going to go into, but that, you know, basically they didn't know what to do. And as a result, they do they did what I guess what they thought was the right thing and just, you know, she was you know, and she was in that fight and flight response and and yeah, so it was it was horrific. And we had a couple of experiences like that and you know, you come away like so many parents do, just going, There there is no one. It's just us. No. We're it. We're it. And just as a little aside completely different context but I experienced the same outcome really that when I was falling through every hole in the system that there was no system to support me when I was homeless suicidal you know fled domestic violence like there was nothing for all of the promises and all of the things that we're told and the the money that you hear is being channeled into x y and z on on news radio so i uh, i think you are not alone in any stretch and you know just how at the time we need it the most we discovered that 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 it's an empty empty vessel <laughs> that yeah. offers support the system yeah and you know like i honestly believe and, and i do believe this that 
every single person is doing the best that they can yes. with the consciousness that they have in that I love moment. That. I love whether that. that be organizations, whether that be individuals, but what it did show me, you know, because I'd had obviously my own challenges with with mental health and that I just knew that because I am her mother and I understand what she's going through, I just have to keep keep turning up keep loving and sometimes love is about boundaries you know Mm. it's boundaries for her it's boundaries for myself it's about letting go of the guilt that you can't do more or you or saying no Mm. but you know it's about you know and and as a family you know like my mum and dad moved over from um from New Zealand Mm. to to come and sort of be with us and support us and I have a sister here who, who has children, um, young children too, and the mum and dad will help, help out with them as well. And, you know, but it really just takes, it takes those those people that just are just going to keep turning up, you know, and everybody has a little role to play and it's about accepting that people are doing the best they can and to let go of all the expectations that you think people should do and mm. and just go, you know, thank you, thank you for what you're able to do and I'm going to let go of the rest. And it's like a daily surrender of of that, you know, whether it's, you know, you go somewhere and you think it's going to be a certain way and it's not or you have plans, you know, like mm. I, I, always, I always offer, you know, do you want to do this, should we do that? And, you know, and a lot of the time I'm met with no, 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 but that's okay because I know one day it'll be a yes. Mm. Yeah, that's, yeah. I was just going to say that whole, the expectations are premeditated resentments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's, you know, I, I, I hear you, what you're saying about not having the expectations and, and do hold gratitude for what is possible from the people who are able and present in, but when you are in a crisis with a layer upon layer of trauma falling through loopholes in every system, you know, I totally respect that you honour what those people are able to give you. But what I found was the only people that could help me were me mm. and the close community, like a little tribe that I had around me, very small and even people who I'd randomly only just met, it was as if the community, the tribe, was really the place that could hold you, not the system that had become so big and impersonal that it couldn't support this very finely tuned, unique individual in the context of their life at that moment. So, oh, it's, um, it's not simple. And I just wonder... What made all what what and I'm, I know you're still journeying with this and with your daughter and and certainly with your own health and your your own passion. But where where were the differences made? Like where were the connections made? Like was it you being present day after day after day after day when she didn't want you to be there, when she didn't want to be here, when you yeah. were exhausted, still recovering? from your own journey these last couple of years like 
what made the difference? Because in my heart, it feels like it's the little people and the little things, not the big yeah. systems and the big promises. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's that that's exactly right. It's about showing up, you know. Mm. I mean, it's about showing up every day to the best that you can and just doing the best that you can. And, you know, like my family um, and, you know, like um, um, my, my, my elder daughter, um, Georgia's sister, she, she has been amazing, you know, and we've kind of held each other through, through this. And, mm. you know, it, it's just having those, just a few people and my, my friends, you know, that I haven't obviously seen a lot of people, but, you know, it's the conversations, I guess, with people, you know, like yourself and my coaching friends who, you know, you can just be, you don't real. have to, you can just be real, you can just be real, and, but it is showing up, it's showing up and just being loving, that's, you, that's it. I, I honestly <laughs> feel like I've, I've so many times in these last couple of years that I've known you and, and witnessed your journey from afar, what I imagined was being your daughter and trying to almost like a shamanic journey into your life and into her life and into her body and into what she needed. And I, do you know what I felt? She needed more than anything. And it was almost like an endurance test that you were almost not capable of. And yet you kept turning up. She needed you to turn up no matter what the fuck she did or said or tried, no matter what, like no matter how hard she pushed, no matter how hard she wanted to hurt herself or you, you stood so strong as a mother, like the archetypal mother. That, that to me, that, that's my, my take. Yeah, and that's that's what it felt like, you know. And you know, there were many, many times where I was literally on my knees and didn't feel like I was up to up to the job, you know, and wanted it to be different. But but it wasn't. And yeah. so you just turn up. And you know, I mean, I always remember that my dad saying that. You know, I asked him many years ago when we were. We went through, you know, some very challenging times as a family. I was just like, how do you, how do you know what to do? You know, and he's like, you just keep showing up. Mm. You know, and it's it is literally that. It's a moment by moment thing. And you know, when someone can feel that no matter how much they hate themselves or 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 you know what they believe to be true in that moment that there is someone that will always be in their corner no matter what you know and and people have judged me on it there have been people that judge me that would say you know you know why why do you you know why do you do it people that don't understand mental health and Uh, I can't really (laughs) I, I can't really explain it all I can say is that it's just the feeling I have and I know that everyone has their journey here, but I also have my journey and I know when I'm walking the path I'm meant to be walking because it just feels right. And when I don't, it doesn't feel right, you know? So that's what guides me, I guess. And, you know, I have a, you know, like my husband, he has been, he has been really amazing, you know, and he still works in the Northern Territory and is only able to come here for holidays, which mm. is just is a bit hard. But, mm. you know, like anything, we just 
but it's that thing to be able to accept from each other who we are and what we need to do and then as individuals we are who we are and then together by having that acceptance we are able to yeah when we're together we're able to just be really happy because we don't have expectations on on each other in that respect you know Oh, there's just so many layers, aren't there? So, um, and how is your daughter now? What's happening there? Like, how is she finding her way? Well, she's, I mean, she's, it, it's, you know, it's baby steps, but mm. she's getting better at reaching out for help, I guess, <laughs> or, or identifying when she's starting to really spiral and, mm. and, you know, catch yourself in, in enough to say I need some help or, you know. Wow, and, and that's so, a like, thing, isn't it? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's a huge thing. That's not to be underestimated. And I think, you know, at 14 when you can start to do that, that, you know, that, that's that's pretty great really. But, you know, she's got a big journey of healing ahead of her and, mm. and is on now. But, you know, she's also – yeah, she's just doing the best that she can. And, you know, she has a lot of people that do love her. And, and you know, I just, I guess my hope and my wish is that, you know, when she's not able to love herself at all, that she knows that she is loved. And that's really yeah. my only motivation, wow. you know. Wow. Yeah, that is so powerful. When you can't love yourself, know that you are loved. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, what a, I mean, she's so young and she's been through so much already with you by her side no matter what. She must be developing extraordinary tools even if they don't feel very extraordinary <laughs> to her right now. But yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, look, I'm what am I? I'm 51 and my journey with suicidal depression, depression has been, you know, on again, off again, on again, off again and you know, when I fall in, you know, toward the pit of despair now, I don't go as deep, I don't go as long, I don't mm. do as much harm to myself, but I still yeah. go, you know, and I have yeah. to know that it's, I believe it's an alchemical, you know, journey. Every time I go, there is something for me to be given. There is something for me to, maybe there's something that each time I go, there's something that has to die for something new to take its place. And we don't Absolutely. have those kinds of conversations, you know. Is something wrong with you? You mm. know, why aren't you happy? <laughs> mm. But there's so much else. There's so many layers. And um, I think it's um, very challenging being a sensitive, extremely sensitive, intuitive human in this life. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I really feel that, you know, compared to, so I'm 43, and, you know, just what our young people have to experience in this world today, you know, from technology yeah. to COVID, it's it's a very different world, and the mm. challenges that they face are massive. And they are. To try and to try and find who they are and, and navigate their way through these uncharted waters is a big job. And not to be underestimated. And I, I feel as, you know, parents and, and caregivers, you know, the best that we can do for them is to is to model what unconditional mm. love is, but also 
to just to be there, you know, as an actual person, you know, not to be too busy all the time, you know, to be something when that screen, when they decide to get off that screen or you put a boundary and that you're there, you're there, you know, you ask, how are you? You know, you, you're available, you know, and to have real human connection because I think that is what's lacking so much. And yes. for adults, yes, absolutely. Mm. But for young people, like they their friends are their everything, yeah. you know, and they have these, how they interact now is so, so different. And human beings, we're not necessarily designed to have to interact in that way, yet here we are with mm. everything that's evolving around us. So <clears throat> how do we maintain, how do we keep fostering and nurturing, you know, those human, those aspects of human connection and, you know, the parts that really do transform our experience, our experiences here, you know, and I, I feel that that's a big thing when we're working with our young people. Mm. Bear in mind. I have, over the last couple of years, heard of quite a few parents who have struggled immensely with their children's mental health, mm. um, like extreme, as yeah. your experience has been, and I just wondered... Have you, I mean, you've probably been so immersed in your own situation with your daughter and yourself and being present, but have you heard of or had experience of this being, she is not the only one, that there are many children at the moment who are having these, it's like a psychic collapse. Yeah, I mean, I, I am aware that, that young people are facing really big challenges right now with their mental health and you know COVID has definitely had a huge been a huge part of that and you know I think that this whole thing of just constantly being online and you know not having real human connection is, is massive you know and their sense of well-being and just getting out and actually getting outside and connecting and all those things, you know, they're just not doing it. And there's all this fear, you know, there's all this fear, you know, like there's so, I mean, as we know, you know, we can have the best plans and they can all turn to turn to hell in a handbasket at a moment. That's, that's life. And you know, security is just kind of an illusion on one level, but we don't know what the future holds. And, you know, just that as adults is hard enough for us mm. to process. But as young people, they have, they don't know what, what, what the future holds for them. You know, they don't even know if they're going to be able to go to school next week and see their friends. Mm. Mm. You know, mm. there's, so, you know, all these things that they used to like, music, this, everything, you know, it's all about, mm. you know, there's so much fear and that fear mm. that generates that anxiety and... Mm. You know, so even if you have sound mental health, you're going to be struggling, hey? Yeah, this this is this is in everybody. Everybody has um, come face to face with whatever demons, dark yeah. shadows, fears, repressed, whatever has been repressed, whatever has been buried, whatever has been yeah hidden is is coming up and. Is this, are we, are we journeying through um, a coming of age? Are we, is this like the human crisis that we had to have? 
Yes, well, that's that's a big question, isn't it? And I mean, I I I don't really know what the future holds for for any of us, but but what I do know is that here we are and there is an invitation for us to all really take a look at who we are and who we want to be and you know this fear and this anxiety that is all around us you know you only have to open your phone or watch the news or you know you know at some point we've got some decisions to make and that is will we continue to live like this or will we adapt and learn what we need to learn and and start to find a new way forward and I mean that's pretty that's pretty deep even at my at my age to be contemplating this you know let alone our young people but I I think we shouldn't underestimate them either no we should not underestimate them you know Mm. like there is a coming of age and there is this you know and their life is going to be very different from what say your and I life has been but Mm. nonetheless they've all got their they're all here for a reason you know, and and I, I think sometimes too, you know, we, we do under it's like, you know, people say we write off our old people and we stop listening mm. to them and that but I think sometimes we our prejudices against young people are the same, you know, we don't yes. stop and listen to them. What you know and what they have to say. You know, just because they are young mm-hmm. and haven't lived a full life, does that mean that what they say isn't of value? I know. I love it. Like I've never had my own children, but I've had the, you know, privilege of being with some young people recently, like young boys. And um, I love, like, I just, I just listen to them. I literally, because their fascination, their version, yeah. their perspective, like it's so, it's like, it's like a twist, you know, yeah. a fizz and a twist on what I think. And I love it. I appreciate it and I I agree with you and I just I think our tribal our way our tribal community like the way of our ancestors like we are still programmed for that and yet it's absent than what's replaced it is an electronic gadget that that um that fires up all of the addiction hormones you know it it's it puts and the young people are so vulnerable. Their brains are still developing, but they go into literally into a trance, an addictive yeah. trance. Um, mm. And then, you know, you're just so vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. And, I, and I just think that, you know, it's about, you know, we, we, can't, we, can't, we have no control over, you know, what's happening with technology and that their, their experience is very different to what ours was, you know. But yet, that doesn't detract from the fact that, you know, we can still support them to be these amazing young humans and lights in the world. Mm. Because, but we need to also honour and get real about where they're at, you know, and what they're facing, and that it's not the same as what we are facing. But connection, you know, time interest being curious you know i think i really yeah i think they're real real key to to supporting our young people you know so they feel that connection and 
and listening, just listening to them, you mm. know. Mm. We don't have to agree with, we don't have to agree with anything. We just, just be there, you know. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I, thank you for sharing about your daughter. And I, I've no doubt, I mean, there's so much that you would never touch on. And I know, I just know it's been traumatic for your daughter, for yourself, for your family on a daily basis. But I just look and I think, yeah, it's really fucked up. <laughs> but yeah. there's there's no mistakes. No. You know, you are her mother for her a reason. You have journeyed through so much darkness and you've held such light. And then in your own journey, you've held space for your daughter. She's only 14 and, you know, barely popping out the other side. Like her her task in this lifetime must be so important you know yeah. and, and if if it's only to bring light in the manner that you have as well that is the great gift so mm. I um you know I just honor I just and I still I don't think we could talk for three hours and I don't think we'll be able to convey or do justice to what I've witnessed um knowing what I've known of you this last year because you didn't just undergo chemo, a bazillion surgeries, um, <laughs> breast cancer, you know, and I, I know you had all of the swelling in your arms and then you tried to do work that you shouldn't or couldn't do. You know, you've gone back to CrossFit, you've reclaimed, your daughter's been having her own psychic collapse, you've been present to her. You you don't, you, you I mean, your journey just with breast cancer, but then you decided to do you know, Jay Shetty's life coaching. And that's not like it's the first thing you've ever done. And yet in all of that, you've done that. You've connected with these other life coaches who've journeyed with you in this. And I just, I, I mean, your capacity and your light and your willingness to show up no matter what. I just want to say, I just honor it. I honor it and I would really love if we could perhaps just circle back around to this, your, because there's so many people who are dealing with cancer, like doesn't matter what flavor it is, the journey, the uncertainty, the fears, the prognosis, the surgeries, the treatments, the chemo, the recovery, like the way you've taken on your breath and your exercise and your plunging and like, can you, can we talk that journey? Because you, sure. every single day, retrieve yourself. You reclaim, you rejuvenate, even when you don't want to. Like these ice plungers alone could be the medicine and the technology that has held you. Like wh where oh. do we, like, can you talk that maybe those couple of years and what that journey has been like with um, all the chemos, all of the doubts, all of the all of the everything that you've put in place to save yourself every day. Sure. Well, I think it's probably fair to say that you know, before I got diagnosed with breast cancer, I had overcome a lot of challenges, and I really felt like I was mentally and physically in the best shape of my life. You know, I was like, if this is the sweet spot, I'm Ooh. here. You know, I was grateful. 
I was I was a CrossFit coach. I um, had my family life was great. You know, we were just we were just happy, yeah. And it was mm. just felt really. It, it felt like I was so grateful, and I was enjoying every moment of it because mm. it had been such a hard fought road to get to that place. And then you know, I learned to do chest to bar pull up, and I had been practicing a lot, and. I kept, as you know, with chest bar pull-ups, you whack your chest on the bar mm-hmm. and, uh, when, when you're learning. So that was what I – and then so I just went to the doctor because I was like, oh, gosh, I just had a hematoma and mm. needed – and I literally went in there and said, oh, you know, I've got this hematoma. Can you just, like, drain it or something? Because it's very annoying. Mm. No, and, and that was – and she just looked at me and said, oh, we need to, you know, have a look in the light and then, you know, oh, I better send you for it. And I was like, well, why, do you, why do you need to get a biopsy for a hematoma? And she's like, oh, we just need. I didn't. I just didn't you associate didn't. myself. There was not one part of me that ever thought that I was someone that could get. Cancer. And no cancer in your family history. Oh well, yeah, there is. There is a bit of cancer. I actually didn't even know. I, I I went on and told everyone for two years that there was no family history of it. But actually, yes, there was a bit of a family history. But you know, nonetheless, that that was like my my little. I didn't actually realise that till later. So, um, and never ever considered that it was something that would happen to me. And then, you know, because I was in living in Alice Springs, um, we had to wait for the, the breast person that comes and does the, uh, what do they call the, um, the biopsies to come up. So they, they weren't always there, you know, mm. so they used to come in. Um, and so long story short, it took a long time to get my, I got my initial fine needle biopsy and that was positive. And then I had to wait and get another one and that came back inconclusive. So, you know, then I went to Adelaide. They sent me to Adelaide and it came back positive and that it was in my lymph nodes. And that was pretty confronting. And and I think, you know, then obviously um, I made the decision to... Um, have you know both my breasts removed and then I needed all the under my arm all the lymph nodes under my arm taken out as well and I part of me thought I dodged a bullet and that I wouldn't need chemo but no I did need chemo and you know I didn't want to have chemo part of me didn't believe in it if I'm honest but I didn't have enough I still was aware that I had fear so I knew I had to try and do everything I could to be able to be there for my family. So I needed to tick that box. And, you know, what I what I found is when I started chemo and then went to Adelaide and was COVID stopped me from seeing my family was that I just, I had just two choices. You know, I had a choice to just go absolutely mad and literally go mad, like because I didn't see anyone and I left the place where I was staying once a week to go to treatment or I could dig really deep and what I came to understand what I came to understand was that cancer showed up for me because there were layers of myself that I needed to heal and I had done a lot of healing and a lot of work but there was also a lot of things I was holding on to. And I honestly believe that that's, that was what cancer showed up to teach me. And so I made some decisions right then and there. And, 
you know, every day I would spend hours and hours meditating. I would, um, I couldn't have ice baths in Adelaide because uh, I didn't have a bath. So I just had freezing cold showers and then I would run and I would do mm-hmm. yoga and I, I just every single day. And what I just came to understand too was that there was a part of me that was perfect and unaffected by everything that was going on and that my body was just my body going through cancer but I wasn't cancer Mm. and I stopped being afraid I stopped being afraid and I just I developed I understood I guess that I was a soul and this human and cancer was a human experience but I needed a lot of discipline and it was my discipline to get up and do the things that made me, you know, connect to that every day that allowed me to get through it. And, you know, so I did all my Wim, I practiced the Wim Hof method of breathing ice, uh, breathing cold and mindfulness. I was doing that before I got sick and I continued to do it all the way through treatment. Um, I would fast on either sides of my of my chemo treatment to help with it, um, help minimise the effects of the treat uh, of the side effects after. Um, I stopped taking all the extra medication, um, like the pre steroids and that, um, and all the things. So I just literally had my chemo, and you know, all in all. It, the hardest thing was being away from my family, but actually going through the treatment when I was, because I was, I was lucky in the sense that being away from my family was so, so hard, but what it actually did was it gave me the opportunity to really go inward. Yeah. And one of the, because one of the challenges was when I was at home and after my surgeries and everything is I still kept trying to be the mum that mm. did everything and the wife and that and I would get so upset and so angry and so sad because I couldn't do any of that because my literally my body just couldn't handle it and so when I was able to have that time to just do all these things that just really connected me back to that place I actually you know like I don't know but I managed to get through like the five months of, of treatment pretty well and I just started I was listening to podcasts I talked to people like I just kept filling up my cup you know Mm -hmm. and it was an incredible experience but what I kind of didn't wasn't prepared for is once I got back the actual true enormity of the impact that it had had on not just myself but my family Mm. and it was like everything sort of just fell apart because people could people were able to you know to let go I guess yeah and and also I underestimated the impact of the fatigue post so it was almost like my mindset was so disciplined when I was going through treatment yeah and then after treatment I knew that people said you experienced this and that, but I just thought, no, I'm just not going to do that. Um, but I did. I, I experienced the fatigue, the ridiculous depression. The, obviously, I went through medical menopause, so I was going through all that as well. Um, and the loss of identity, you know, like at first, you know, I mean, I mean, I'd been everything from really overweight to really skinny, looking amazing, to looking pretty, pretty average. 
And then, you know, like having everything stripped away, like losing your hair, your eyebrows, you know, everything that you thought made you a woman, you know, yeah. like your whole libido, like having zero interest in, you know, being intimate. Um, like I didn't even recognize myself anymore. Yeah. You know, I just felt completely, you know, and coming to terms with all that, that was, that was, really, that was really, really tough. Were you journaling and, then? Yes, yes, I was journaling. So, yeah, I journaled every day um, for hours. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was, I don't know, it was, coming back was, it was really challenging. And I think one of the, one of the things I just go back was when I was going through treatment, I um, received a call to say that my eldest son had had an accident and, he nearly lost his leg, and anyway, he was in hospital, and I couldn't be there with him, obviously, because I was in a different mm. state. And every week when I went to chemo, they'd take my bloods, and every week my bloods were fine, so I could go ahead with treatment. But this one week where I just lost it, you know, I lost it because I just couldn't be there with him, and then everything just hit me. Um it was really interesting because I ended up having to have a transfusion and my nails turned black. So all so all through chemo, I had no problems with um, peripheral neuropathy and, and nursing. My nails were fine. Yeah, my nails, obviously all my hair had fallen out, but I had, yeah, my uh, and, and my nausea was like that week, everything. And it was... It was a little bit of a, the gift in it was, is that I realised that what I was doing actually worked. Yeah. Because there was part of me was, part of me, you know, my little monkey mind would jump in and go, oh, you're just, you're just living in complete denial. You know, this isn't real. You're just making this all up. This isn't even true. Yep. But when I actually had that experience, it was like, you yeah, know, actually you do. The power not in knowing that you choose what thoughts you yep. define your experience by. Yeah. And that week I chose really poorly and my body gave me feedback from that. Or was it, so it was your son and all of the yeah. cortisol, adrenaline, mm. anxiety, fear, disappointment. Um, yeah. All of, of it was, all of that was flooding your system and the, and the consequences were apparent. Yeah, yeah, and so that was that was a real that was a great I guess it was a very incredible yep. learning experience. Yeah, and then you know coming back, trying to just you know I was sort of I felt this real void inside me like I had so much to give, but I couldn't give it because my my physical body was just so fatigued, mm. and I decided to. You know, I, I was like, I have to use this experience. I have to use everything that I've been through, not just this, but before cancer and my whole life's journey. I want to, I want to use this for, to help others. You know, like there was never. That's always my motivation for sharing anything. Is if there's something that I've been through and overcome, any of the strategies or tools I've used can help another human. You know, that's that's gold for me. Yeah. That's my whole reason. Yeah. And so I decided three months after finishing chemo that I was um, going to uh, 
trying to be a life coach and I was listening to Jay Shetty on YouTube and I just really aligned with his, I think it was a combination of his, his philosophy of ancient wisdom and positive psychology. Yes. And having, really I just wanted a vehicle to be able to help people to come home to the, the truth that they are underneath everything that they think they are is who they are and that when you meet life from that place you can have and be anything you want and but we need to get out of our way and I wanted to help to learn how to do that for other people you know yes and so yeah I started but but it was challenging because I also have dyslexia and you you um, do you do yeah yeah, yeah, I have dyslexia. And, um, so, and also, surely after all of the treatment and emotional roller coaster, your your frontal lobe would be challenged. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. Like I had what they called. I, well, I had chemo brain. Ah, and so like everything was thing, like, is it? I, it's I a used thing. To, I'm sorry. I used to say I had athlete brain, and I think that's actually a thing as well. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. So I had chemo brain, and so like everything was foggy like trying to make sense of anything I'd have to watch write go over it listen to it like to digest just to digest information and then to be able to you know complete modules and and the whole thing it was it was such a challenging process and and then also in in doing that I also um I also had to have my reconstruction so I still had three surgeries uh four surgeries three three surgeries so you you did you did it each time you had to do the trip back to Adelaide from Northern Territory right yeah and so I was still studying and but yeah like I had and you know I remember jumping on a call one of my zoom meetings I literally just come out of um come out of surgery and had uh, woken up. I think I must. Have, I was oh. still pretty high on pain, but I just. I was just determined to show. I, I don't remember any of the calls. But, <laughs> oh, but I love um, you. Oh, I totally I relate. Like, but I was just oh. like, no. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna keep showing up. And yeah. And I did. And and you know, then we we moved states also. Um. So, and then you know, like my daughter was having all her challenges, but. But somehow, you know, I managed to complete my my training and I felt a a huge sense of achievement um, to be able to do that. And it really kind of fueled my desire to just just keep that showing up and keep doing what you love and keep being a good human and helping and being kind and loving not just to the world, but to yourself. And, yeah, so I think every day now I I still wake up and have a choice to make yeah. every single morning, whether I'm going to get in the driver's seat of my life and meet the day the way I believe that I want to meet it or, or not. And you do every everything with such intentionality and real clarity. Like you are literally in every decision that you make, you're saving yourself. Mm. Honouring yeah, so, yourself. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, like 
it is a daily thing for me and it's you know I I honestly believe that you know motivation only gets you so far you know and mm. I think I put a quote up about, I think I put a quote up about it it's not when motivation yes. is lacking it is your discipline mm. that connects you to that inspiration to that part of you that lights you up but sometimes you need you do need to use your discipline and that's what I believe like your mind your mind is really good for when you can use it for purposes like that you know to know right if I do that then because when you you know that when you do that then you get to connect with oh yeah that's right oh now I feel good Mm. but I don't ever I mean I'll, I'll let you in on a secret I don't ever wake up feeling good Mm. in the morning I wake up with my heart in my mouth (laughs) and I open my eyes and then you set you set yeah the energy don't you you then you set set it yeah I choose it and every morning is a chance to choose that energy again or not and neither is right or wrong oh gosh I so relate to that literally my Every day for 10 years doing CrossFit at, you know, the level I was competing at, I woke up with nausea, with, you know, dread every yeah. fucking day. And then I set about, yeah, saying my prayers, set my intentions, do my journaling, do you know, like everything then, my disciplines mm-hmm. held me, led me, harmonized me and set, set me on my way. Yeah. And, you know, I've just come to understand that, you know, I am human and yes, I'm a divine being having a human, but I am human. And in order to overcome my humanness every day, this, there are certain things that I need to do for myself and I do them with fierceness, you know, (laughs) I'm fierce in, in my discipline and maintaining that structure because it is literally your life it is depends on it. My life. My life depends on it. And and I know, I think the gift of also going through cancer is I just, I know how valuable this earthly life is. And I want to live. I don't want to exist. But I've got to choose that. And it's not like you choose it and then you forget about it. Every single day, I have to decide whether I will choose that life so true isn't it it's such an endurance event and it asks so much and yet if we can persevere like the gifts what and what is revealed you know that spark of infinity our true purpose the service that we can can be in the world uh, that that's the gift of journeying and turning up and resetting every day isn't it absolutely and you know uh recently i I got a big lion tattooed on my arm and and it was like a physical reminder because I've always been connected. I've always had a lion. I've just always been connected to a lion ever since I was a little girl. And, you know, the night before I got diagnosed with cancer, I actually had a dream about this lion and it's a male lion, but it's, it's not just a lion in the sense that it's just, it's the lion represents everything that is courageous and brave and love yes. and yes. fierce mm, fierce and, mothers aren't they <laughs> and he, and basically this lion told me that you know not to be afraid 
and that the energy of the lion is within me and when I connect to that I'll be alright and I will overcome whatever I need to overcome and you know I've had lots of people say to me you know why I'm getting a lion on you and I was like well that's why because I just I am just uniquely who I am now and I'm not mm-hmm. apologizing I'm just I don't apologize for that you know I might not be everyone's cup of tea but you know what I honestly every day to the best of my ability I try and be the best version of myself and also have compassion for myself when it all just turns to shit mm. you know and it does mm. but I tell you what the times when it turns to shit I'm getting better and better at being able to go it's okay it doesn't hold that power over me that it used yeah. to yeah yeah I relate to that I do and that's how I know that I am growing and I am evolving and you know I am just so passionate about you know the the woman I work with and I just I just love what I do and I feel so blessed to be in a position now that everything that I have been through I have kind of turned it into medicine <laughs> medicine and to be able just to deliver that in a way that and hold space. I think the biggest thing is to be able to hold space for people when they're at their lowest. Yes. But you just know you don't when you hold you acknowledge where they're at, but you also are holding them to that place that they are not all of that. There is something more. Yes. And when when they can recognize until when they get to a place that they too recognize that, that is where the power is, you know when they take their power back and say, this is my life, these are my choices, and I will choose to either suffer or I will choose a different perspective, way of being, belief, and overcome what I need to overcome and be this person that I know that I am underneath all this conditioning. Yeah. Oh, I so relate. I truly do. And yeah, this 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 period of your life has been quite the traumatic leveler, but such a hero's journey. I mean, look at the look at look at the planet now. It doesn't matter what position you hold about anything, right? The apocalypse. Yeah. Everybody yeah. is in trauma. Everybody is in free fall. Everybody is fearing for their health. Everybody is. Um, reassessing their values their priorities their place in the world the people in their lives like you are a woman who has journeyed through so much and prepared herself to be of service to others who are Mm -hmm. a little bit behind you on their own journeys like the world needs you we need our wise women and you are one of them and like it's not like you just oh yeah you can just like turn up now it's like oh it's all done it's all dusted like, I'm good, I can just be of service and, you know, mm-hmm. like, float off into happy destiny. Like, you yeah. are going to be doing the work every single day. But it's almost, I, I feel like um, it's like lots and lots and lots of little Buddhas on the planet now or, or whatever the mm-hmm. religious um, figure is that you relate to. But, you know, we're all learning that suffering is part of it, but not to take yeah. it too personally. And exactly. who do you want to be yeah. in spite of it and because of it? What do you want to yeah. bring? What do you want to bring? Exactly. And that's, I mean, that is a question I ask myself every day, you know, like how can, how can I use this experience 
to to grow at you know how can I make peace with this experience for myself and then what did I learn and then how can I use that learning to enrich the lives of others yes. and I think you know that is see that is where I see you know social media yeah I have been so intentional in to the best of my ability and I'm not perfect I'm not I'm not perfect, not perfect? But, <laughs> hang on but, <laughs> but I have really tried to be as you know honest and as transparent in my journey you know the good the bad and the ugly and showing the you know the despair but also showing the other end of that and you know that is my that is my only my only reason is to share my journey is to help others and and if you know and I know that there yeah and I have had people um recently actually I'm getting more and more people that have had cancer or going through cancer or just diagnosed with cancer reaching out to me and I know that you know my my role as a coach I can see unfolding is that you know I would love to be able to speak with these people and support them in a way that you know will help them to feel empowered at a time where everyone looks at them as just you know kind of gives up and like just sees them as sick and weak and feels sorry for them and for to be able to find a way to, for them to realize that they are so much more than what they are going through you know that's um, a really big sort of passion of mine oh it's your purpose without a doubt how yeah. do you I mean what do you say to that person I mean what would you have said to yourself on that di- that first diagnosis like because what must happen the free fall in your thinking and your emotions in your trauma face to face with your own and this is what nobody talks about that you know, that we are all going to die, you know, on, yeah. on whose terms? Like, how do you have that conversation with someone who's at the beginning of this journey who, like you, never expected it, never, you know, these are contusions, not lumps? I think that the, the biggest, one of the biggest things that I have come to understand is people can give you a diagnosis but they cannot give you a prognosis. Mm. So how you, the length of your life or the experience that you have within that diagnosis is up to you. Mm. And that you stop, when you stop fearing death, you start to live, you know, and to overcome everything that comes towards you, it's you do it in little bits. You, know? <clears throat> you just do it in little bits. And, you know, it's natural. You know, it's like, you know, the stages of grief. There is a real grief process mm. that comes with acceptance of what you are going through and that you will never be the same person again. Mm. And that you have to let go you have to die almost. Yeah. Parts of you have to die. Yeah. That's what you spoke about earlier. And how you word that depends on, you know, who your audience is really. But when you stop fighting, and that's not don't not to be confused with not giving up. See, I didn't fight. Mm. I, I 
you're like, oh, you got to fight cancer, you're going to beat it. And I had a, I had moments where I was like that, but I didn't. I stopped fight. I, I stopped making cancer the enemy. Yeah. I stopped fearing it. It didn't. It was there to teach me. Okay. Something. So it became your teacher, not the thing to be feared. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you don't know how many women I've spoken to that have had breast cancer that have, you know, they get breast cancer and then. They just start to question everything. Yeah. Everything. And it's like, yes. that's, that's the opportunity. There it is. There it is. <laughs> oh, and it's just not for everybody. And yet there you are. You're not left with a choice. No, we are always with that choice. But it's a maturing. It's a hero's journey. It's a, it, it is looking yourself in the eye and finally choosing you. For so many women, so many women give everything to everybody else and nothing to themselves. And it's no wonder we have a, an epidemic of breast cancer. And, you know, if nothing else that you learn to give back to yourself, put yourself yeah. higher on that list of priorities and have love and compassion for yourself, for your best effort. And you're almost forced you know, you cannot do that. You can go through cancer and you can choose not that to do that. Absolutely. Yep. And that is your that's your free will and there's no judgment there. Yep. But but my experience of it was when at those times where I chose to be hard on myself and to give in to the fear, I just felt so much sicker. Yeah. And I felt I felt the true weakness and of what it was to really define myself by having cancer. Mm. But when I was able to, to not define myself by cancer, and don't get me wrong, that's not an easy thing to do. That is, takes a lot of mental discipline at a time where you feel you don't have much. <laughs> but really, for me, the choice, it was the only choice because... Mm. The other just, I, I, I couldn't live that way. I could not live. I could so not live true. with myself. You really find out who you are and what, what you want when you are face-to-face -face with that darkest fear, that deepest death, unknown. And, you know, also other people, the gift that you bring other people by, by being able to meet yourself at that level. Because a lot of it is, you know, when you people look at you first appearance, they either feel sorry for you or you have to, or, or there is a, a tendency for you to have to deal with their experience of you having cancer. Ah. <laughs> so you're almost, it's, it's the weirdest oh. thing. Because they, you know, like, I mean, I don't know how many people, I, I just don't know what's, I'm so sorry. It's like, it's okay. You don't yeah. need to know what to say. No one prepares you for that. I'm not, you don't, there is no expectation for me that you need to say X, Y, and Z, you know, it's very interesting. And, and also just to feel so like, like I remember just walking, just, just the looks of just pity yeah. on people's faces yeah. and just being, it's very interesting. Yeah. You know, yeah. what, how people respond to that and, you know, like, how many times do you say, oh, you, oh, just play the cancer card, you know? Yeah. You just play the cancer card. It's like, no, that's, yeah. that's just not how I roll. Yeah. 
talk to me about because I'm and it's immense power in your day daily rituals. Yes. Can you talk to me about how whether that's changed? But I've got a sense that it hasn't really changed through the whole journey. Like what disciplines, what practices, rituals, foods yeah. do, did you put and do you put in your day every day to hold you in the space that you occupy in your life, in your body? So I, I think probably the first, the first. Thing wake up with is, dread. <laughs> wake up yeah. with dread. Then wake, what? <laughs> yeah, wake up with dread. I usually, um, I make myself have some water and then make myself a coffee. And I just sit there and I do my journaling and listen to some positive affirmations. And then I, I used to go for a run, but at the moment I'm just walking. So I'll take my dog and go for a long walk. And then I listen to, um, I study A Course in Miracles. Uh, so I listen to I my daily. I Course in Miracles. So <laughs> I study my, I'm up to lesson 180. Oh, even today. I love it. One lesson a day. So have you been doing it for 187 days? Lesson a I day? have. Oh, yes, yes, I have. Yes. And, yeah, and then I just... Um, I have you that. actually, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. Have you read um, A Return to Love, Marion Williamson? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay, yes. go on. Karen. So, and, yes, and, of course, Miracles. Yeah, and then, and then I, yes, I just listen to that when I'm out walking and then I might listen to some other inspirational podcasts, just what I, or just some just some quiet music and and then I just come back and I do my breathing and meditation and have my shower and ice bath and then I just do some um, movement just depending on where my body's at um, and that's pretty much what I do every day um, I far I try my food ever since having um, going through menopause and cancer and that um, my my I struggle to be consistent with my fasting, but when I'm able to fast and just have like one meal a day or just even one meal every second day, I feel so much better. Interesting. Um, Tell I'm, me, in what way do you struggle to fast? And for some people to even conceive of one meal every second day is a, a big stretch. Like everything you've just described, you've said it as though it's like, oh, I just do this and then I just do that and then I just do that and I just do that. It's like, well, it's like a, a shopping list. But in every single one of those things, you bring intention, you bring timing, there's a, there's a sequencing, there's a presence. Like, I mean, the ice bath alone, how long, how cold, what goes in yeah, so when, your mind, do you know? Like, <laughs> there's so much in what you've just said, I do. <laughs> so with, with his, I, I guess with the ice bath, um, you know, it is still the hardest thing that I have to do every day, but it is mm-hmm. the thing that has literally transformed my my state of being. And, why? You know, from... Tell me why. Because I think people still don't comprehend or are scared or, yeah, well, why? I, I, what is it? What? Well, for me, I mean, I, I know the science behind it, but for me what happens is every time I get into that freezing cold, and so it's, well, I think it's minus, minus three. Mm. I, yeah, so it's minus three. And at the moment I just do between two and five minutes. So I do my three rounds of breathing, Wim Hof breathing. So do you have your eyes open or eyes closed? Eyes closed, and I do 30 breaths with a breath hold at the end of each breath cycle. Um, And then I, when I get into the ice bath, 
my fight and flight response kicks in and I'm, you know, shallow breathing. Sometimes you try not to swear anymore. I've really tried to be intentional. Yeah. Um, and, it, and then after about probably, I don't know, 40, between 30 and 50 seconds, I switch over and I am just filled with this calm. And I have been able to take myself from that fight and flight response mm. to my rest and digest. And that's the purpose, isn't it? That's right, isn't yes. it? This is the profound lesson and gift. And so what that enables me to do is there is nothing more stressful that my because I mean, let's be real, if you are to stay in it in that, you would die. Yes. So your body <laughs> You would die, and your body knows that, and your brain. But when you can overcome that fear, the implications of that just and being the able yeah. and the applications for yeah. the rest of your day, whatever comes at you, mm. you ha- are able to just connect to that calmness. And then, obviously, the decrease in inflammation is massive because I have I have lymph I have lymphedema mm. um, in my arm and. It is pretty problematic, to be honest, and so I have to do everything I can to not let that kind of be quite a, a thorn in my side. Mm. So obviously getting into the cold. Now, with if I was, like, say, training and, like, just doing uh, strict, strict, strength training and wanting to build the muscle, I would have to wait, like, at least a couple of hours before I jump in the ice because it doesn't oh. – it's not – it's but, not good, is it? <laughs> no. But so I don't do it that yeah. So yeah. but I don't use it for that. So I will have a I might have a train and then jump in, but usually I just do my breathing and get in the ice bath, get out, do a bit of a train after. Ooh. Um and then I'm just I'm just ready to start my day. And what time would that take you to? What time are you up in the morning? Well, it's been holidays, so I've been very lazy in getting up at 6 o'clock. Okay, normally, nor- I get- normally, normally. <laughs> normally I get up at uh, 4.30 mm. in the morning. Mm. Yeah. So, and that, isn't and that I- a profound discipline as well? There's there's a lot of intentionality. I think what's happened, like, um, and, and for me, like, it, I'll be, it's been okay because it's been school holidays. And, like, my husband's also been here and we haven't seen each other for, like, five, four, four and a half, nearly five months. So... You know, we stay up later chatting, so mm. I get wake up later, obviously. But, yeah, so at the moment, normally I'd get up at 4.30. I have been getting up at 6. So, you know, by the time I get home and finish everything up, I mean, it's to be honest, it's a good two and a half, three hours by the time I've, I've done everything in the morning. And I don't start coaching my clients. I don't do anything, no housework, no nothing, until I've finished everything. Yeah. Every day, seven days a week. And what time and, does um, that take you? Sorry, what time? I'm not sure if you said there. I've just uh, what time? Oh, yeah, so you, yeah. So usually I'm finished around about nine. nine so four thirty till nine. That's yours. Well, well, yeah. Or, Normally, yeah, four, norm, no, fourth. Four, yeah, probably till eight thirty. Um, yeah. But obviously, um, with my daughter going back to school and that, I like. I'll probably get up. I might change my routine in the sense that I'll do some of it. Either get up earlier or do some of it and then. Because I'm, just, I just want to be available for her yeah. when she starts school and just be yeah. present. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I might just have to start getting up real, real early and getting it all done because I do like to get it all finished before I meet anyone or do anything. It's so important, and I, I, I just want to reiterate 
Like I, I so honor it and I am the same. Like I know this morning that we were going to record the podcast. So I needed yeah. to go and I needed to do all my things, do my prayers, do my invocations, yeah. do my breathing, do my plunging, do my workout, do my yeah. walk, you know, spend time with the puppies, be in nature and then squirrel myself away ready. Because then I filled myself up, my energy, my vibration, everything is set in yeah. motion and at the highest vibration. And then I can be present yeah, to absolutely. others. And that's for me, that gives me the best possible chance at, at being who I want to be for myself mm. and for the people that um, come into my, into, my, into my life at any moment during mm. that day. And, you know, with my, obviously I was doing the Seven Unicorns Nutrition and that yes. was amazing, especially, I, I must say, especially once I finished chemo. chemo. Yeah. I, that was incredible. Like, it was amazing. And... That in conjunction with my um, fasting yeah. and was amazing. Uh, with my my nutrition now, I've actually um, I actually am doing a pure carnivore diet. Mm, so mm-hmm. I only eat I only eat um, I only eat meat. And I look, this is what I do, people. I know mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that share. Oh, sure. Yeah, so everybody's so, different. I mean, you start talking about nutrition, there's a bazillion things that people uh, are totally committed to. So, because I know you've been on a huge journey with nutrition as well, and you're so intuitive and so wise. So, yeah, what's and, working and why? What are you doing? So, I'm fascinated to hear. So, I eat basically, I've tried a lot of different things, and what I have found is that a lot of things now that didn't used to uh, cause my body inflammation. Do. And the only thing that doesn't seem to cause inflammation in my body is beef and lamb. And that's grass-fed organic beef. Mm. Um, and it's kind of bizarre, but I just find that I mentally, I feel so much stronger mm. Physically, my body is not inflamed and performs a lot better. And so, but for me, I also know that there is a lot of kind of research around cancer and red meat. And yeah. I try not to look at it too much. But what I do know is fasting yeah. mitigates a lot of those negative yep. side effects. Yep. So that's the reason I fast too. And I find, so I have the bone broth too. That's yes. one thing. So <laughs> yeah. I have. Yeah, so I have that organic. I don't. I have made my own in the past, but at the moment I'm not. I just get that organic beef yep. bone broth. Yeah. And you know there are a couple of. So I pretty much just the only thing I do have is I do have a bit of garlic, mm. um, fresh garlic, and but I pretty much just eat beef, lamb, butter, salt, garlic, and water. And of course I have my coffee in the morning. That's yeah. the only thing. And and, you know, I, I get excited and think I'm going to mix it up and try other things. Nope. It just doesn't seem to work for You're me so right intuitive, now. but this is what you did. That's right. It's right now. Right now, this is yeah. what my body, my intuition, my higher wisdom is leading me to, and I resonate with it, and it makes me feel good, and I stay with it. And I've been on such a similar journey, and now I'm on, you know, my, like my four pillars of health. Plus, I basically have some eggs. I have some smoked salmon. I'll have some sort of meat in the evening with a little bit of green veg. Um, And I've introduced, yeah, I'm back on bone broth. And I've actually back on 
homemade pate. So yeah. like liver, right? Um, yeah. And yeah. I feel amazing, amazing. Yeah. And every, the few times because had a little bit of sugary weirdness, it yeah. hurts me way more. Like I'm so sensitive to it as a poison now and I'm happy about that. Yeah. But you, we just oh, I feel so how, sick. Yeah. yeah, I get yeah. so sick. Yeah, if I, you know, and I mean, I, I still try. You know, you know, I'll, I'll just try this. But what mm. I've come to understand is, you know, being loving and having love as my foundation for everything. Being yeah. loving is doing the things that allow me to be the best I can be. Mm. And it's not loving for me to lie in bed and have a sleep in. It's not loving for me to eat the food that everyone else eats and if mm. I'm with because it doesn't make me feel good. Mm. Yep. You know? And it matters. So, like you reach a point and, in your life where feeling good and feeling in integrity actually matters more than yeah. self-abuse, the old habits. Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. So, you know, that's that's pretty much what I do and you know I've had to let go of a lot of things with my training because you know obviously my body doesn't move the way it used to and I get a lot of feedback I've had a lot of damage from where they put my port in for my cancer treatment it's um they did not a very good job so I've got some ongoing issues with that but look I surrender to that and I do what I can yeah and You're a healing machine. You are a healing machine. Everything you have in place, you are the technology. You truly are. Like I always say this, like you are the medicine. You're the miracle. You're the medicine. You're the meditation in motion. You truly are. You're the example. And that's why you, as this immensely wise woman with incredibly deep experience, are the perfect life coach and guide to be of service to other women on their journeys, honestly. Well, it's, you know, it, it for me, it is, why would I not? Mm. You know, why, if, if I can have found so much relief and peace in such times of absolute trauma and <laughs> pain and suffering, yeah. why would I not share that, yeah. you know? And, and I also don't believe I know what's best. My, my biggest, I don't believe I know what's best for anyone. I know what's mm. best for me. Mm. But what I do know how to do is how to connect people to what's best for them. Yes. Well, actually, and that's so, where the empowering part comes. You know, I love I'm not this. there to tell you what. To, I'm not there to tell you what to do. That is not my role. My what my role is to help you connect to who you are, so then mm. you can find what it is that is right for you. So you're and guiding people with your skills, knowledge, experience um, back to themselves. Absolutely. That's exactly what I do. Yeah. Um. So. This is a lovely little segue, but um, yeah. so how are people working with you? How do they find you? How do they begin working with you? How do you work with people? Yeah, so it's all online at the moment, um, and I think it will be that way for some time. Um, yes. So basic, basically how it works is I usually work with clients between eight weeks and 12 weeks. Those are my two packages. Um. And they work with me weekly. We have a discovery call where I explain to them what life coaching is, what I what it is I do. And then we talk about, you know, what it is that I could support them with and what their expectations are. And from there, we just kind of uh, set, a, set, a, set a weekly time. And if they want to work with me and uh, we just session by session, we just go through it and we have a big goal. We have a big goal that they'd like to achieve over the time they work with me. And then 
every week we work towards little steps because it's about little steps with big priorities. You know, that's what makes a difference. Mm. It's not, it's it's the little things. It's not waiting because everybody comes to me saying, I want to, I want to feel this way. I want to get this. I want to get that. Mm. But what it comes down to is everybody just wants to feel that confident, that peace, that joy. And how you do that every week. I'm, I'm only with them one hour a week, yeah? Mm. So what's what's between what's between feeling that and where they are now? What are the little things? What can we start to shift, you know? And it's all about getting – it's about I'm, I hold a mirror up to them. I hold mm. up a mirror about the parts of their beliefs that – they just respond from, and they're not even conscious of it. And when you become conscious, you have a choice, yeah? Mm. You have a choice. Does that belief serve me anymore? Is there another way that I could reframe that? Could I let that go? What have I learned? What has this taught me? If I was to meet this situation from this perspective, how would that move me towards this goal that I want? I would feel X, Y, and Z, you know? So it's pretty cool. I'm pretty lucky. Mm. I... Mm. Oh, and I know, so, yeah. Yeah, and so um, at the moment, you just uh, I've got a link on my Instagram and Facebook, Facebook, and yeah, there's a scheduling page where you just book a free discovery from there. So your Instagram, your Facebook, sorry, you've got a website? No, not yet. No website, yeah. Still in okay, progress. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so your Instagram, yeah. US, I mean, honestly, Instagram and Facebook are, are magic connecting, ways to connect, and um. Look, I just couldn't, I couldn't encourage, you know, any woman who's sitting there wondering if you were the person to support them on their journey, whether, whatever the health issue either, um, you know, it's not just about breast cancer. Your journey's been huge with mental health, your physical health. Um, yeah. So you, you are, you are just, you're such a precious soul who has so much to give. And, um, you know, I would encourage any woman to connect with you. Um, to, to receive the support that they need on, you know, in that portion of their journey because we're constantly evolving and changing and to have guidance and to have support and reassurance and, and a constant source of love and wisdom. Mm. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, look, I, for me, you know, it is it is absolute privilege to be able to have people put their trust in me to be mm. able to sit with them and to help mm. them unpack these parts of themselves that are standing mm. between where they are now and where they want to be. And, mm. you know, I, I feel incredibly honoured and it's not something I take lightly. I, I Every day I just sit in gratitude for mm. what, you know, for being able to do, to be in this position. And mm. I love it. And, you know, it's also, you know, I just connecting with people in this way and seeing, you know, my clients and these, and these women just, really step into their power yeah. and own who they are and meet life from the, that place is just amazing. And the mm. ripple effect, you know, <laughs> the ripple effect, that's mm. what I love and that's mm. what I'm passionate about. And, mm. yeah. Yeah, and, and you have such integrity and it would take but a moment to have a look at a few of your posts on Instagram hmm. to understand the depths of your suffering, your wisdom, your integrity, your vulnerability, your authenticity. You, I mean, you really are. You're an angel on earth and that is certainly the way I see you and, and so wise and so powerful. Uh, no bullshit. Uh, 
you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no yeah. bullshit angel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, a wise woman. I call a spade a spade. You yes. do. We need more of that. And I, I think that's mm-hmm. what CrossFit has given each of us. Absolutely. Um, us women. Yeah. It's given us some... Um, some serious resilience and that ability to call it what the fuck it is <laughs> and then to get on with the business of healing it you know and to call yeah. in whatever you know higher power vibration te- you know technique strategy um you, you've got the entire toolkit and um you know it's uh oh i just so much want to give you a hug and i i um I've loved One day soon. <laughs> oh, I've just cherished. I've been looking forward to this conversation. I knew it was coming. And then when we finally put, you know, a date and a time in place and, and just, you know, it's like I go on a little shamanic journey imagining how are you? What have you been going through? What might our conversation reveal? And, you know, I'm the, I'm the luckiest one of all because I get to hold these conversations, you know, in, and be present to, to, to the infusion of wisdom because you are activating me and every woman who listens to this conversation is being activated by your journey, your passion, your purpose, your energy, your suffering, your perspective, your light, you know, and everybody wins in this situation. And I've just, mm. yeah, I just love you. I, I love mm. everything that you've, you stand for and, and I honour everything that you've been through to, to become the woman you are. Oh, look, it's, it, thank you so much. And it is my absolute honour to be able to share this space with you and, you know, what you do and the space that you provide for women to be able to share their truth and their experience and it is incredible. And I think, you know, as collectively, it is just such a beautiful thing to be able to do for each other. And so I'm really honestly so grateful for <laughs> that. Oh, it's just a mutual admiration society and it's a very <laughs> precious, precious place to be. And, you know, we bring light into this, um, this you know, with the light in dark places at the moment and, um, and you are in, in women's lives. And uh, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Is there anything that I've missed that you would like to share before we go? Because I'll, I'll share all of your contact details in the show notes. So, People can just click on to get straight to you. But do you no, have any look, last? Just no. I look. I, I. I. don't. I just believe that you know we we all can choose to be the best that we can be on this earth, and it's it's up to us. You know, there's always a choice, and just be more loving. Be more loving to yourself and and to the world, and find when you're not being loving. Just maybe have a look at why that is and let it go. You know, you are the example. And look, I have many a time, honestly, where you know, I do have a choice whether or not to be loving, and sometimes I don't choose to be loving, and I don't feel good as a result of that. So, I just want to stick with being loving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, we're all doing our very, very best, aren't we? Well, thank you so much. And... So much love, Sarah. So much love okay. to you. <laughs> and we will be live with your beautiful podcast on Wednesday. So we look forward Yay. to sharing that with my beautiful community as well. So much love, Sarah. You take care. Thank you so Happy much. Happy Sunday. Bye. <laughs> okay, bye. bye-bye.
If you are ready to love your temple, embody your spirit, honour your truth and reclaim your health by alkalizing, detoxing, nourishing and fasting, please go to amandaallen.com.au and use code WHISPERS for 10% off at checkout. All of the love.